Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 19. Welcome to the Common Sense Podcast. My name is Patrick. And my name is Antonia. And that is the last time we will ever say our names on this podcast. We are moving right along (laughs) into the uh, 20s of episodes, if that makes sense. It doesn't, but okay. (laughs) Number 19 is really exciting. I can't believe it's been that many episodes, though. Yeah, 191919 is great. I can't believe it. We've kept up with this joint weekly. It's a lot, but it's exciting. It's fun. It is. I look forward to it each week. Fun fact, you know, we were originally going to do this show bi-weekly, <laughs> which, you know, we were like, um, might be hard for people to keep up with. So I'm glad that we were able to keep up with this also you know i'm really seeing this this show as a time capsule almost of our journeys um and really what the status of education is and i'll be really curious to know what we can do with this after we conclude the school year um and you know what it'll look like years down the road and i'm just kind of talking out loud right now but next year whatever our situations are. Like if you go back and listen and you're just like, dang, this time last year you were XYZ or experiencing XYZ and it's nothing like what's happening this time. So I don't know. It's going to be cool to go back and compare the same points in the school year. Yep. I'm lit. I'm lit. Um, Any good news on your end? I finished the last book for that class that I've like been fighting all semester. Um, it was called Losers Bracket by Chris Crutcher. It was like the most cliche book that I've ever read. It was about this little girl who was in the foster care system. And of course, she was rebellious and she ran away from home all the time and yada, yada, yada. Like, it was just a mess. And there were so many stereotypical, like, comments about characters in the book. I just, I was sickened. And I went and read um the Kirkus review about it and it basically said the flat the same thing like how it fell flat it was stereotypical he could have done a lot better um so I will never be picking up anything else by Chris Crutcher all right <laughs> a, oh, yeah. a subtle literary drag to start your mornings everyone welcome oh, literary drags welcome welcome that's hilarious well I'm glad that you made it through that class it's been hell since you started literally actually yes before the class started it's been hell for you yeah because i was going back and forth with her hopefully she learned something because i didn't learn nothing but you know any good news for you you know i've been thinking let's see well i am alive amen (laughs) our eyes open this morning you got out of bed Woke up this morning with my mind. <laughs> oh, I love that song, actually. That's like one of my favorite church songs. Yeah, that's the joint. If you don't know that, what your church is doing? Anyway, um, I Am Alive. That is good news this week because, honestly, depression has been kicking my 
ass with a Timberland boot. Um, it's like, I never thought that this situation would really um, affect me the way that it has over these last um, few weeks. Um, it's kind of been a roller coaster, you know. In the beginning, I was like really not sad, but I was just like confused. And then I was like really pissed off and angry. And then I was motivated and optimistic. And then like over these last like two weeks, I kind of like slid into this very like dangerous depression almost. Um, and it's, it's almost like an outer body experience, if you will, like literally watching the fizzle out of a candle, like watching a candle like that's how like I felt like watching like my optimism just like completely vanish and just you know just like being like one thing after another one thing after another not really being able to complete tasks um not really feeling very motivated to go out with anyone canceling at the last minute or you know like um it's 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 just been it's been crazy um but I do appreciate everyone's messages um, sometimes I hate reading them because I'm like, uh, somebody's, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, like that's how the de- depression works for me, but I am alive. I am grateful for the support, even though I don't use it all the time. I'm still very, very, very grateful for everyone. Um, I am, um, also very grateful for these interviews I have coming up this week. That's good news. I am grateful for my mother who has been like super helpful and helping me transition and make decisions. Um, I feel like when I grew up, I was like a very independent kid, you know, like I didn't really Mm -hmm. ask for anything. I worked in a restaurant and I worked 40 hours a week in that restaurant. Don't ask how I did it. Wow. (laughs) But I did. Okay. Forget all the child labor laws. Um, No. (laughs) So I like made my own money and I had a car and like I never really asked my parents for a lot. Um, And that included parenting, too. Right. Like, you know, like they were like, oh, my God, Patrick, he has great grades. He's a natural honor society. He has a job. He don't need no help. Right. So it's like I felt like in a sense, I I wouldn't say raised myself, but I felt extremely um, independent. And so now that I'm kind of going through this moment in my life, I've been really leaning on my mom and my dad um, and my grandparents a little bit too um, for some really sound life advice. Um, And I'm going to give you all something and some lessons that I learned throughout this period. I don't know how it's going to come or what form or whether it's a blog post or like, like series of videos or something, but I've learned a lot sitting down doing nothing. And um, I certainly have a lot to share. So that will be forthcoming as well. I don't want to say I'm excited, but I am eager to see how this, how you produce this, which form you'll take and what you have to share. I I think excited is the wrong word. No, like I think I just really have um, reconnected with my creative side, you know, like writing. and filmmaking and like a whole lot of other things that I just love. Um, Like I miss teaching so much that I think I want, you know, I was like, well, maybe I should just like record a close reading, you know, session with myself and just like post it or something. 
you know, like you know, maybe I should do something like that. So like there, there, like there are going to be some things that I post that I've had some chances to uh, to to think about and um, go from there. And you know, it's it's been rough, but December is here. November was one of the worst months of my entire twenty five years of life, but December is here. I feel so much better about everything, and now it's time to get shit done. So. Come on. Episode Amen. 19 was good. I love how that ended. <laughs> so last week I shared a picture of an entry from a journal from last year. And it, it just said that like kids are crazy when you come back from Thanksgiving. And I try not to let that like filter how I went throughout this week. But I found it to be very true for the third year. Um, You're not lying. I am not. So last year, I remembered my kids when we came back. I was like, what is going on, guys? And one of them, because I had a very, I think, mature set of kindergartners last year, as mature as five and six-year-olds can be, right? And one of them was like, well, we were gone for a week. We forgot the rules. And so okay, <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, you know, you, that's a valid point. You have not been in centers all week. You haven't. It's been nine days since we've saw, seen each other, friends. Let's review. So Monday when we came back this week, it was kind of like a review, get back in the routine day. And then like we were able to slowly get back into the routine of everything. But with all of the holiday stuff starting next week, it's going to be an interesting like two and a half weeks now because for most days our routine maybe about half of those days our routine is out the door to celebrate the holiday that's a good question which holiday there's so many in december but (laughs) the only one that people really care about and that's christmas yes it's it's all centered around christmas um so i teach in texas right we're in the Bible Belt, um, and though there's supposed to be a separation of church and state, lots of things that we do still evolve or center revolve around Christmas. Um, so there is a sing-along. There is a Santa Picture Day. There, um, We have the party. There's a holiday shop. There's lots of things that go on that I don't have any control over, um, and so our day is interrupted in whatever way it needs to be interrupted. And we go engage in those things and then come back to the room. So it is kind of hard to stay on track those uh, two weeks once it gets started. And with today being the first, you know, first weekend of December, we're going to be going head first into it. So I thought that maybe we could kind of talk about Christmas in the classroom um, and the place of it. And if it should be, acknowledged at all if it shouldn't be acknowledged so well i i was just thinking you know you spent a lot of time um on celebrating diwali and um did you this might be too direct okay Um, (laughs) did your school do a whole wide celebration of of that holiday or, or was it just your classroom it was just my classroom okay so here's my thing with holidays it's it's really prevalent in the younger grades you know like I know teachers who center their entire curriculum a- a- around popular holidays right 
um, and we kind of feel the pressure because it's very elementary to celebrate holidays. Um, you know, it's it's just something that we do. Like we're like we're the cute part of school, so it's like you know, you know of course we have to celebrate those things in the classroom but then it also happens in the middle school I, I remember us having a a winter wonderland and not so much in high school I don't remember celebrating yeah, holidays me either um but I know for myself I never celebrated any holidays that's in interesting my, oh in, like in your classroom yeah no never um it it's just not something. The only holiday that I celebrated were people's birthdays, um, but I never celebrated um, Christmas. Um, we talked about Thanksgiving. Um, my schools that I've worked at, we've done Halloween parties. We've done um, Christmas uh, parties. There's been huge Christmas trees like in the schools and things of that nature. And then I've worked in religious schools. So we've celebrated Ash Wednesday um, as a school. We have um, done Easter um, and, and the resurrection of Christ. So I, I grew up Church of Christ um, and I didn't have very many Catholic friends. And my understanding now is that it's not just Catholics who do this. But my freshman year of college, I remember everyone having the the ashes on their forehead in like the shape of an X. And I remember being so confused, like walking around thinking, why do all these same people like have this on them? Like surely they didn't all go to the same party because like there's nothing like common between all of these people. And I remember just going throughout the day, like being utterly confused and not knowing who to ask without seeming like ignorant I guess though I was ignorant of the practice and so I finally got back at the end of the day and I asked my roommate who was exploring lots of different things at the time she also had the the ashes on her forehead and I was like well why why did you go do that like what does this stand for and she was like oh it's it's part of Ash Wednesday it's something that the church does like to start the the Lent season is that right um I can't not Lent um Oh, confirm or deny? I don't know, honestly. Okay. So I asked her and she was like, oh, yeah, this is why Like, I went to a church service, blah, 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 blah. And then she just fell out laughing when I was telling her how I was confused the entire day trying to figure out, like, had they all gone to the same party or like the same club the night before and just not wiped it off or what was going on. Um, and it kind of made me just think about how, like, when you go to college, your circle becomes a lot wider and like your worldview broadens because I like I had never seen that before. Mm. So I'm not, I just expo- like that was random off topic kind of. But yeah, that's how I learned what Ash Wednesday was, guys. Freshman <laughs> in college. <laughs> well, I've never celebrated Ash Wednesday, um, but I will tell you that I am a certified Grinch. Um, I don't celebrate Christmas. Well, I do, but only because my mom makes me. And but I, I, I don't want to because Christmas is so commercialized, right? And I think that, um, we truly have like skipped over the true meaning of the holiday and turned it into something else. And I think that that has translated or trans, um 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, that has transferred into schools as well, right? So during like it's so commercial, it's so commercial that now it's safe to talk about it in schools, I guess, I or included in things. So I've only worked in schools that are Title One, right? So I think that people really like to go above and beyond for Christmas because this is the time to do something for these kind of kids, right? It's like. Well, let me celebrate. Um, let me celebrate. Let me donate these toys. Let me, you know, donate this, donate that, and we're gonna up play Christmas because we want our students to feel like they have something or like they're getting something. Um, and so, like, they kind of go above and beyond for Christmas more than any other holiday that I've seen. My first year, the there was like some lawyers association in Houston that adopted the entire elementary and each kid got like five gifts. And it was this huge thing. Um, we had to each set aside a time like two weeks or three weeks before for the kids to like create this wish list. And then the day that the gifts were brought to us, We were inside the gym for like half the day giving kids gifts and having them take pictures with Santa and this group of people giving the gifts. And then the rest of the day, it's like the kids just trying to play. Like It was so disjointed and out of place that it was extremely frustrating. Like, sure, the kids are excited about all these things, but we all like in hindsight, they didn't there was nothing that went home to notify parents that this was happening either. And so, like, you've had this organization adopt all these children to get them things that they want for Christmas. And these things may have already been things that were being provided for them if parents were choosing to do that. But now, like, someone that they don't know, someone that they've never met, has decided to take on their child as a charity case and purchase these things for them. It felt really, like, afterwards, it just felt really icky and odd. And I know if I were a parent, I'd probably be very angry well i think the whole purpose of holiday holidays in general are a family thing it's a community thing right so if we don't include families on celebrating holidays then you know we're doing it wrong i want to go back and correct something that i said earlier i said that i don't or i don't like to celebrate holidays in general um i think what i meant by that is I know that some holidays are really special to um, families and they are very tra- like traditional, right? Um, so when it comes to that, in my, in my recent years of teaching, I've definitely respected and acknowledged those um, more so. Um, but I'm not like up for just celebrating commercialized holidays. Like that's what I'm not here to do um i I wanted to go back and um just correct that but i've been seeing a lot lately of um lots of posts and commentary around people criticizing teachers for celebrating um christmas in their classrooms i think what's starting to get to me is the use of the word celebrate though Mm. so like their celebration or celebrating, and then there's acknowledging. Mm. And I feel like I do a mixture of both in my kindergarten classroom because 
anything that I do, I'm tying a state standard to. So I'm still like in some way meeting the expectation that the child is supposed to get some kind of information or something from whatever we're doing. It's never we're doing this just because we're doing it, right? So we celebrated Diwali in November because I have a huge chunk of kids this year that that holiday was very important to them and that, you know, parents requested that. And we're going to learn about Christmas because I have a huge chunk of kids that celebrate that. And the parents have also requested it, as well as the parents who celebrated Diwali. Um, Because at the beginning of the year, I sent a survey out asking families, you know, what do you celebrate? Is there anything that you want me to cover or that you would like your child to learn about? And, you know, parents wrote down Christmas. And if I am trying to be an inclusive educator and like acknowledge the things that are important to my families and acknowledge the things that are important to my students, I cannot go in and say, "Okay, we'll talk about Diwali, but we're not going to talk about Christmas. It like, and I've really been struggling with that, like the last week or so, um, just because of, like you said, I've seen things floating around online and, you know, people are sharing their opinions, but I have five-year-olds coming up to me asking, when are we going to talk about Christmas? Like they are looking forward to it. They have been looking forward to December 1st for like three weeks asking, is it Christmas yet? Is it Christmas? And I'm just, no friend, it's almost December. When December hits, there's 25 more days. So like, for me to to say no, like I'm not doing it at all, I'm not acknowledging it all, would would hurt the children in my class. And I know for a fact that it would, because as much as they've talked about it already, and I haven't even, you know, like we haven't even started talking about it, like that tells me that it would be ha- like hurting them. And I think especially in your case, like, you know, you've done a really, really, really great job celebrating the cultures and holidays of your students when I think many of our schools get it wrong, right? It's like we don't even seek out um, the important holidays or traditions of our students and we don't acknowledge that as a school, right? It's like, you know, we do something, either we don't do anything at at all um, because we haven't done our homework or we, you know, might do something very, very little. Um, and I think that that's kind of, it's, it's, it's dangerous because we want students to feel like school is another, is another home, right? And if school is another home for students, then we have to, uh, we have to at least acknowledge on a school-wide front that their culture exists. And I guess holidays are, a big piece of that. I don't think I've done a really good job of that. At the beginning of the year, I did send out a notice um, asking parents what holidays they did celebrate um, just so that I could be aware of that. Um, But in my earlier years, I, I made a lot of assumptions that, okay, I teach black kids, so we only doing this, like, you know, um, or we ain't doing nothing at all. You know what I'm saying? I think, too, when you said you make the assumption, I, I just have, like, I guess a warning or, like, a, not a warning, but, like, a a tip, I guess. If you are doing holidays around the world, which so many of you will do, and you cover Kwanzaa, please do not say that Kwanzaa celebrated in Africa. <laughs> like, it. 
don't because it it was created in the U.S. It's a holiday that a lot of African Americans celebrate, and we don't listen to African music during Kwanzaa. Um, I saw that a lot last year, and it really just really irritated me because growing up, I celebrated Christmas and Kwanzaa. Um, and my second grade teacher, she let kids call me Kwanzaa girl. No. And like when we talked about the holidays, <laughs> yes, she did. I will never forget that. I was like one of three black children in my class. And I was the only one that celebrated it. And when we wrote what we did for the holidays, like obviously I wrote about Kwanzaa and I was coined the Kwanzaa girl. And it like, obvious, I'm like 25 now. And I still remember like sitting in class the day that I, I'm not going to say his name, but I remember the exact child that started it. <laughs> Call him out. <laughs> Man, like don't, don't do that to kids. Um, Kwanzaa did not start in Africa. Maybe it's celebrated in Africa by some people, but did not originate in Africa. And we don't play African music. Like, what the hell is African music? Do you know? I don't know what African music is. I have no idea. Um, anyway, back to the main topic. Um, if you are, you know, celebrating and acknowledging other holidays, I like, I think it's okay to include Christmas. Um, if we're talking about, well, there needs to be a separation of church and state, right? Which a lot of people are saying, then you probably shouldn't be acknowledging Diwali or Eid or Ramadan or Hanukkah or any of the other holidays that have a religious aspect to them, which they all do. But here's the thing with separation of church and state. (laughs) Religion is a big part of people's lives. So I think it is really contradictory to say that we value students, the whole student, blah, 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 but we don't really acknowledge the spiritual component that students very much identify with. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to acknowledge that it exists. Now, are we teaching, you know, scriptures? Maybe, maybe not. But to say that we don't want to celebrate particular things because it is associated with the religion and now all of a sudden we are afraid of <laughs> students talking. Just last month we were like, are you teaching Diwali? But now it's, I hope you're not teaching Christmas. I, 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 don't, I don't know. know. I, th- I think a se- the only thing that really frustrates me about, you, you know, the commercialized holidays is that, I I don't like that people treat students who come from Title One um, schools as like handouts. Like they see them as handouts. It's like okay, now let me give back. Let me um, fix my or uh, get my little tax write off by giving gifts to students and giving them toys and like all of these like things that kids really really love and care about. But it's like. I don't know. Where are y'all in October? The rest of the year? Or April? Or, or January when they need January school supplies. When they need school supplies. Or like, you know, where are the grants to make sure that teachers never really spend a dime? Where are, you know, like the technology upgrades or like things that have a long lasting impact as opposed to um, toys and gifts? But the thing about it is, as much as I want to be upset about that, I know that I can't because toys and gifts are a big part of Christmas and holidays or whatever. And 
Like that's what children expect on those days. And that's that would take a, a big cultural shift to say, like, forget all of that. But I don't like the way that <laughs> I have to think about how it makes me feel when <laughs> when I see um white people coming into a black school with gifts or um you know celebrities who are you know coming into schools now with christmas presents and things like that it's like uh, we're only doing this like is it about y'all or is it about them and you know like it 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 just really rubs me the wrong way but that's also because yeah, I don't, I don't like, like Christmas in general. So I also think I'm pretty biased. <laughs> and well, I love Christmas and I don't like when they come in with the Period. Gifts, but so. I think I stopped liking Christmas like when I got older in college and I was broke and I couldn't afford to buy my mom Christmas gifts, but she still expected them. And I was just like, why are we still celebrating this holiday? Forget this holiday. I can't afford it. And I and I, it, it just really reminded me of like, though I was pretty privileged to have stuff underneath my tree all the time. It's, it's just like, did, did I really need all of that stuff? Did that stuff really, really last? Um, like, I appreciated it. And I think it was a time for my mom to show us that, you know, she cared about us and she loved us and um, and that she wanted to help us in particular ways by getting us certain gifts. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Christmas in general, and I'm not the biggest fan of how it plays out in schools. When I was student teaching, um, I, I student taught second grade and we had a Christmas party but I really appreciated how my mentor teacher centered the party around um, a service project. And so she was good friends with a lady who worked with uh, an organization that served displaced people at the time. And so instead of like, a, a, there's these things called penny exchanges that happen in elementary classrooms, which I didn't learn about till last year. Like instead of a penny exchange or a book exchange or like, any type of gift giving, the kids I'm laughing all at brought your book in, exchange. <laughs> oh, I, oh my god! I'll come back to that. Um, instead of doing that, the kids brought in like socks and lotion and toothpaste and toothbrushes, and they created like this little assembly line where they got to create um, bags that they could hand out whenever they saw someone you know that was in need. And when we came back from the winter break, two two weeks. Um, in January, you had these seven and eight year olds coming back talking about how they were able to help someone and, and give them something that they needed in that time. And so I think those kind of projects, I like I appreciate those in elementary. And I like I'm trying to figure out a way to do that in kindergarten where it takes the focus off of gift giving so much and like being of service to others and being helpful towards others. But the the book exchange Never that again. That is so funny. <laughs> I don't think that they know so, about the book exchange. Yeah. So last year was my first year in kindergarten. And a lot of things were new to me. And so I was following the lead of other teachers. Um, because I think in your first year at a school, like it's more important to watch and to understand the culture of the school and the expectation before you go in and try to like disrupt everything, right? So I was 
okay with following the lead on some things. And so they were like, okay, well, we're going to do a book exchange. And I was like, well, what's this? And they said, well, you know, the kids will bring in a book and it'll be wrapped and it'll just go under the tree. So on the day of the party, you'll do kind of like a little musical chairs and wherever the kids end up, that's the book they get. So I was like, okay, it sounds fun. Kids are getting new books, yada, yada, yada. Rolled with it. The day that we did the book exchange, you know, all the kids have brought in their books and they're really excited and they're talking about them. And then they end up with these different books. And I just have like 22 kindergartners crying because they wanted the book that they brought. And that that was not how the game worked. And I'm a firm believer in like we don't always win. Um, So we need to learn how to cope with when we don't get what we want. Right. But I was sick of the tears. So this year I will not do a book exchange because I don't want to deal with the tears of kindergartners having a book that they did not bring in. So. Yeah, that's why I will not be doing a holiday book exchange in my kindergarten classroom this year. (laughs) Absolutely. It was a mess. Oh, my God. And I'm so glad that I was scrolling and saw that reminder because they were talking about it yesterday. Like, are you going to send the note out? And I'm just like, nope, I am not. I will not be sending that note out. Miss Adams' class will not be participating this year. That is so funny. The rebel. The rebel. Yeah, yeah. But there's some things I can't rebel against yet, like Polar Express Day, because um, it's a great level thing. But, you know, small steps. But I think when you are, like, acknowledging a holiday, right, as long as you're not only, and in this case, only covering Christmas and, like, t- turning your entire room upside down so that everything is Christmas-related and Christmas-oriented, then it's okay. Like, that's what I'm comfortable with. Um, my families have expressed the desire to have activities for the holiday. Um, my kids have brought in ornaments that represent their families and we've hung them up. Um, so yeah, that, that's what's happening in Miss Adams class. I think folks, if you are celebrating the holidays, you should definitely follow, um, Miss Adams over here because I am, um, and by the holiday, I mean, Christmas, um, because I am certainly the Grinch, but I say all that to say, um, you know, as long as all students feel valued the entire year, then we're doing the good work. I think the surveys are great, but they need to be sent out earlier, guys, so that you have this information and can prepare for these things. If you're sending a survey out now that has holidays that were happening, you know, in <gasps> September, we've mi- you've missed the ball. Like you. You didn't get to celebrate that with your students. And, and, wow. Man, yikes. Um, while it's great to cycle back and, you know, talk about it, it you really, like, that could have been an, a highlight of the year for that child. And because of our lack of preparation, we may have missed that. So if you have your surveys, make sure you send them out at the beginning of the year with all your beginning of the year information. It's not something that we should be waiting until, you know, the last week of November to send out, guys. She said what she said. I did. And on that note, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah. And we're back. If you have questions for us, you may send them to www.commonsensepod.com which has been revamped so if you don't send us questions you should still go to www.commonsensepod.com because it's lit 
Or you can send questions to our email at commonsensepod at gmail.com. Are you ready? Yes. What do we got? All right. Our first question says, how much technology do you think is appropriate for the classroom before it's too much? With the constant increase in computer or artificial intelligence technology and the human interface... (laughs) (laughs) When will it no longer be a benefit to a learning environment? What are the pros and cons of too much technology? And would you ever conduct parent-teacher conference via Skype? Wow. (laughs) Wow. First of all, I love the language. Um, It is very tech-savvy, you know, letting us know human interface, artificial intelligence, technology, AI. I see you. I see you. I see you. Okay. Um, you know, it's never really the amount of technology or the technology itself is really just about how we use them. Um, in schools, I think that we use technology all the wrong ways. Um, I think that we put kids on like blended learning programs that suck instead of like using technology to create things, um, using programs to um, create presentations or projects or 3D printers. Um, like, like, like there are so many things that we can do with technology and computers to allow our students to be like a creative, like force of nature, if you will. You know what I'm saying? When I heard the question, I immediately thought of how technology is used so differently in suburban schools and schools that are not considered suburban schools. Um, so schools that I've been in previously, like there was a strict component for or a strict expectation that they were spending X amount of time on this program every day. Where I am right now, we still have online programs, but when I tell you that they are not expecting a computer to teach the child, um, that's a huge difference. So I, I almost, there's this article that I refer back to all the time, and we can link it in the description of this episode, but it talks about how schools serve different purposes based on the, the groups of students that they're serving. And I really feel like technology is taking away or can be taking away the critical thinking piece that children are supposed to be developing while they're in school. Mm. So I am almost, almost anti-technology in the classroom, especially in a kindergarten classroom. I, I, I don't see the use for it. Um, I, I do have a smart board and like the projector and all that. And like, while it's nice, um, it's not necessary because everything that I need to teach a five-year-old can be used with, can be taught with real materials and should be taught with real materials. Come on, so, real, w- 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 come on, real materials. But what do you mean by that? Like when we, I don't know, I see a lot of lessons with math on, on there's this go math has like this online component where the, the website essentially teaches them everything. And there's like this little bird that teaches them how to add or how to subtract. And it's just like, you can do the same thing 
with manipulate that is such a hard word for me to say manipulatives in the classroom like a screen and an animated cartoon does not need to teach a child a skill that they need for the rest of their life yeah um i don't know that's how i feel about it um the the part about the skype um interviews I'm not opposed to it as long as I'm given time during the school day within my contract hours to do it and an account and an account that the school is paying for for me to use it. So that's how I feel about it. <coughs> Meet the parents by all means, but I'm not using my personal computer, my personal time, or my personal Wi-Fi, anything to do it. <laughs> and she said what she said, period. <laughs> All right. First of all, I just want to say last thing. I love a one-to-one school, okay? I I just do, especially in the middle school um level. I think it's different in middle school. What I, I do, think, like What I don't like is that they have one-to-one programs or like one-to-one schools and for those who don't know, a, a one-to-one school is where every student has a laptop. But they're using, like, laptops to get on, like, iReady or, like, these other programs. And they're not really utilizing them to, you know, do, like, collaborative projects or, you know, designing videos or, you know, doing some, like, online engineering or virtual science lab. You know, like, like, like there are so many things that we can do with computers and a scripted online curriculum no matter how good it is to me is not as effective as students using problem solving skills to create like to do something or to create something so that's that next question says what inspired the name why common sense lol that's actually a a really funny question because of the way that we got the name um I don't feel like I should tell like the whole story though. So maybe I'll like start it and then you can kind of. Piece I don't really in remember the, the story. So maybe if you start it, I'll re- actually remember it. <laughs> so from what I remember, it came out of us saying, God, it's so shady. But like seeing things online from in on various platforms and just questioning like why in the world someone would think that was okay. <laughs> if it was. Okay. It's coming back to me now. Like a comment or a quote or something they did in their classroom or a picture of something that happened in their classroom. And then it was like, well, they, they just don't have any common sense. Like who would do yep, that? That's it. And that was back in the day when we actually followed those problematic people. And I'm not sure why we did that or like, you know, why we followed so many. Actually, it's more so just me than you. But I, it was. I was like, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Nope. Yeah, I kept up with a lot of problematic people. Um, and I was just like, these folks are crazy as hell. So, um, yeah, a lack of common sense helped us to name this podcast Common Sense Podcast. Hopefully. I, I don't know. Never mind. I don't want to say that's kind of mean. What? Like, the idea that Maybe by listening, if you were going to do something after listening, maybe you realize like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. So now I have like more knowledge moving forward and I have the common sense not to do that. Right. 
So um, that's how we got. The- it makes me think about the. <laughs> do you remember on our very first episode when you had that little tagline? Oh, comment. What was it? It was like for everyone. Yes, I was like, "Welcome to the Common Sense Podcast, Episode One." You was like, "I was like, welcome to Common Sense Podcast," and you're like. For everyone who ain't got it or something like that. <laughs> I was like, wow, Antonia with the with the with the one liners. <laughs> yes. fine. Fine. Last question. How many hours a week do you spend planning? And how much is too much, do you think? Oh, like planning for class, for school. I was thinking planning for the podcast. Um, well, for I people know. who want to know, the podcast just kind of comes together. We don't really plan for this. It's very organic, you guys. Very organic. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to place a number on it because so much of what I enjoy centers around education-related things. Um, apparently, I need a hobby. But... At school, I'm entitled to 45 minutes a day. Realistically, it's 135 minutes a week. And I cannot with the shade this week. Um, and every now and then I will print things at home. But it's getting to the point where I have gotten really good at whatever I do for my mini lesson because I teach kindergarten we need we have the expectation is that we have centers um whatever I do for a mini lesson turns into a center so I'm not spending extra time prepping additional activities um I also plan with two other teachers so that really cuts down on the time I have to spend but I I would say like if you are at a point where you are walking in Monday morning and you don't feel rested you've probably spent too much time planning. Do you enjoy planning with other people? Because I don't. I enjoy it because it's less time that I have to sift and comb through everything. So someone may like comb through math and they can catch things that I will probably miss. Um, And someone will comb through science and we'll all bring things together and the people I plan with, we do a good job of kind of sharing at the same, like sharing ideas at the same time. And they, they're, they're um, what's the word, um, receptive to my last minute ideas. So, I don't know. I, I would enjoy planning alone, but that's not the reality in my situation yeah. right now. I think for me, um, I enjoy planning alone because that's where I can be most creative um, I like checking in with people and saying like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? But I don't like like being creative with others. I kind of like being creative on my own. Um, I plan differently year to year. The first two years, I did not, I was not able to plan in school at all um, because on those 45 minutes that we got, a day I was so exhausted by the extreme behaviors that I was facing that I could not even fathom doing any intellectual work, but instead I needed to breathe and to chill and to take a nap if possible. 
um, or eat or something like that. Like, like there's no possible way to do any sort of planning in that realm. Um, last year I was a little bit better about it during the year. Um, I tried to, um, plan during those blocks that I had, and I definitely had much more time than 45 minutes. Um, and I had sort of a system, so I knew I loved PowerPoint. So like all of my lessons went in PowerPoint. So it kind of helped me to stay organized. But I will say that I'm like a last minute guy as well. So like there are things that'll come to me the night before, the morning of, that'll kind of put me in a frenzy. Because I truly see teaching as an art form, I kind of go with the flow um, within reason. I think that's the reality for a lot of teachers, though, in we'd probably get more engaging and authentic lessons if we didn't have to submit things so early. Um, It'd be nice if I could just have like a real time document where I could change things and that would be okay. I used to have to submit things two weeks in advance. Girl, who, I don't know what, what these kids are going to be like two weeks, like in advance. They're crazy minute to minute. Like, are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Or like I'll submit something and I used to have to submit my lesson plans and the materials. So like if I wanted to change something the the week before or the week of or the morning of, it would be so difficult to do that because I already had the printed materials. I already had um you know, got it quote unquote approved and all this like micromanaging bullshit. So it's just like, it was hard to be creative with so much confinement. Um, That's why I really advocate for teacher autonomy because like teachers need that breathing room to be creative. When there's a challenge in a school or classroom, like creativity solves that. You know what I'm saying? Like store-bought cookie cutter, Curriculums don't solve that. Um, Systems, I don't even think, solve uh, big issues. I I think true grassroots creativity really, really, really impacts students the most. And I don't have data to support that. I just have a feeling and a gut truth about about teacher autonomy and and creativity and i think that collaboration should be authentic i should not be forced to come sit down with these teachers once a week to plan quote unquote when i don't feel like collaborating if i don't feel like collaborating then i'm not going to collaborate collaboration needs to be authentic and it needs to be organic needs to be when everybody is ready and willing to come to the table with something to contribute stop coming to these collaboration meetings talking about some you don't got nothing to, to contribute and then you're sitting there with a stink face attitude on your face ruining the mood and then therefore nobody else can color can collaborate or on the other hand you so all over the place that you know it's not really helping anybody to come to a common goal so therefore that collaboration is therefore gutter butt trash i say all that to say planning really depends on the individual i think it depends on the um environment but more so it depends on the children that you teach the children that you teach will inform the planning that you do and you need to fight 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 for that autonomy do not let a curriculum do not let a principal 
Do not let a school district shred your um, autonomy and your creativity um, that will ultimately impact the students that you teach every single day. I'm sorry about that. I just needed to get that off of my chest. A little early today. Normally it's after the close. <laughs> That's just how I felt about collaboration. If you have any questions, please send them to www.commonsensepod.com. Check out our new website if you haven't already, or you can send them to our email at www. Nope, not www. At commonsensepod. Nope, not at commonsensepod. Commonsensepod at gmail. Dot com. I can't speak today, but I know we got a quote. That's hilarious. We do have a quote um, and a quote and a little bit of information. So this week, the quote comes from Beyond Heroes and Holidays. It's a book that was published by Teaching for Change. Um, it's a really great practical guide uh, to anti-racist multicultural education. So if you're interested, go ahead and order that. But I wanted to share a little bit of one of the articles in the book. It was, um, it's called Holidays, an Anti-Bias Approach. It was written by Julie Bisson or Bison. I'm uncertain about how to say that. Um, so Julie says, help students understand that although not everyone celebrates the same events, all holidays are equally valuable. There are no right or wrong holidays. Julie then goes on to encourage us to integrate holiday activities into the regular curriculum in a meaningful, respectful way that meets all students' needs. One way is to center them around the four anti-bias goals. These goals are to nurture each student's self-identity within the context of a group identity, promote each student's comfortable interaction with people who are different from them, foster each student's ability to think critically about bias, and to cultivate each student's ability to be an activist and to stand up for himself or herself and for others in the face of bias. I think those are four great um, things to keep at the forefront as you move through the holiday season and even beyond the holiday season, though. So what do you want folks to really take away about celebrating holidays in schools? You know, I, I think just... If we approach them with the idea and the intent to honor children and their experiences, then we'll be okay. And that means all students, right? Not just the ones who celebrate the holidays that you are aware of. And that's why it's so critical that you do the homework and know what holidays are important to your students in your classroom and even to the community that you teach in. And then, you know, beyond on a, a global scale and offering that to students at a very early young age and consistently. So celebrate all holidays, guys. Don't be selective. You know what I'm saying? With your holidays, if you're going to celebrate one, make sure you're affirming all students in the classroom, not just the holidays that you identify with, not just the commercial ones, and involve families in this. You know, like don't don't uh uh keep this between you and students, but really, you know, use this as an opportunity to put your uh well use your teaching power and you know kind of spread that out. Give parents an, an opportunity to teach and um 
share their culture and experience as well. And on that note, we are going to wrap up the show. On Monday, I will be at um, George Mason University. I think, is that the name of it? Let me make sure. I believe so. There is a George Mason. On Monday, December 3rd, I will be at George Mason University speaking um, on the panel um, College to Corporate uh, by the IOTA Alpha Chapter of Alpha Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Um, And this will be at 7.06 p.m. (laughs) in the Johnson Center Room E. So if you are in the Virginia area and you want to, first of all, I'm dead. That First of all, when they asked me to be on this panel, I had a job, okay? Now I don't, but now I have a story. So I'm um, still trying to figure out what I actually <laughs> am going to say. Like, and they're like, oh, go ahead, introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Patrick, uh, working for myself. Um, so that's going to be fun. But again, uh, George Mason University, College of Corporate, um, and the Johnson Center, Room E, 7.06 p.m. on Monday, December 3rd. Um, also, one more announcement. There is a new Twitter chat in, on the horizon. And by new, I mean resurrected. So, uh, there is a new or a resurrected Twitter chat that is centered around teaching and educating black boys. Um, and that will be, uh, um, I believe every other Sunday. So prepare for that. I will be one of the it, hosts um, of the podcast. Not the podcast, I'm sorry. Of the Twitter chat, which will be on Sundays at 8 p.m. So look out on my Twitter and on the um on uh, Instagram for those reminders and join us for this short time to talk about how to best uh, educate our black boys in the U.S. And that's it. Any other thing you want to say? I think that closes it out nicely. Good job. Let's. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, I said bye this time. And on time. Very good. Wow. See y'all later. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the common sense podcast subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early you can also subscribe to the common sense podcast on itunes and soundcloud we love seeing your reviews um, and reading them and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted yes and we'll see you next time